0: I prepared this message a year ago that I'm going to be using today. I prepared it for Mother's Day a year ago, and we couldn't have church (laughs) because of the Chinese virus. And here it is a year later, Mother's Day, and I want to speak to you that message that I was prepared to speak back then. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Luke's Gospel, chapter 1. Please feel free to turn in the Scriptures how important it is to study the Word of God. Why is that so? Because it's the Word of God Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. It's an eternal word, and it is a true word, and it's a pure word. Luke's Gospel, chapter number 1, verses 26 through 27. Chapter 1 of Luke, 26 through 20, pardon me, 26 through 35, let me extend that. Luke 1:26 through 35 In the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused or engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be? Seeing I know not a man. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. I want us to focus our attention on what we have read in verse 26 and 27. In the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God under the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary. I want to speak this morning on the subject introducing Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary was the most honored and privileged mother who ever lived. You know, you read about certain mothers in the Bible. Eve, for instance, was called the mother of all living and gave birth to the first baby ever born. His name was Cain. Jochebed gave birth to perhaps the greatest leader this world has ever known, and they named him Moses. Elizabeth gave birth To John the Baptist, of whom Christ said that those born of women, there's not a greater. Mary, however, gave birth to the Lord Jesus Christ. No greater privilege nor honor could have ever been bestowed upon any woman than that. Now this Mary plays a predominant part in the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will find her listed, and you see her coming up from time to time in those four Gospels. And even though there is no record, and I repeat this, even though there is no record where Christ ever called her mother, nonetheless, she was his mother. And what a good mother she was. Mary was present, of course, at the birth of the Son of God. Some mothers give their babies away when they're born. Mary was with Christ and gave birth to Him. In Luke chapter 2, verses 5 through 7, the scripture says to be at taxed with Mary, his, his spouse, wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. John Guild says that the birth of Jesus Christ was painless. I want you to listen to that again. John Guild says that the birth of the baby Jesus for Mary was painless because there was no Adamic curse involved. Jesus Christ was not born the son of David or Adam. He was born the son of God. There was no handmaid. She took care of the postnatal activities. She cut the umbilical cord. She bathed him in water and wrapped him with strips of material called in the Bible, swaddling clothes. She had no cradle, so she improvised by placing him in a feeding trough of animals. Mary was also present at his circumcision. In the second of Luke, verses 21 and 22, when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before He was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. She registered his name as Jesus in keeping with what the angel Gabriel had said. But it did not seem to bother Mary that she had no part in naming her own baby. On the eighth day God established this in the Mosaic and the Abrahamic covenants that any time a male child was born it would be circumcised on the eighth day. Mr. Dehan, who is long gone on to heaven was a M.D. I do not know how true this statement is but on the eighth day Mr. Dehan says that the baby's Inhibitions toward any illness is higher. In other words, the prevention of catching anything is higher on the eighth day of an infant's life than any other time of his human existence on this earth. Mary was present in his childhood in Luke chapter 2, verses 40 through 42. The child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover and when he was 12 years old they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. First 12 years making this journey every year not a convenient trip from Nazareth to Jerusalem about a hundred miles on the back of a beast of burden if you could afford one. The first 12 years of Christ's life was filled with love, protection, instruction by his mother who loved him very, very much. Mary was present also at the beginning of his ministry. In the gospel of John chapter 2 verse number 1. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus Was there. When Mary told Jesus. That they had run out of wine. Do you remember what. Christ's response was. He said to Mary. What have I to do. With thee. But Mary did not get her feelings hurt. Because of his response. She trusted her son. And turned to her servants. And she said whatever he says. You do it. Mary was present at the beginning of his ministry. Mary was present during his ministry. In Luke chapter 8 verses 19 through 20. Then came to him his mother and his brethren. And could not come to him for the press. Now brother Lester Roloff was a dear friend of mine. Gone on to glory many, many years ago. Lester always had a unique ability, pointing certain things out. And he'd read a passage like this that they couldn't get to him because of the press. And he said, the newspapers keep a lot of folk from Christ. Well, it means a lot of people were there. They had heard a great deal about him. And it was told him by certain, which said, your mother and your brethren stand without desiring to see thee. Mary... Waited in line. I want to repeat that. Mary waited in line to see her son. Mary was present at the cross. In John chapter 19 verse number 25, there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother. Where would you expect her to be? There stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother. Most of the other disciples had fled, but his mother took her place by the cross. I've got that encircled. Not close to the cross. She got as close to the cross as she could possibly get, as close to the Son of God as she could possibly stand. The cross that held her son. Mary was also present in the upper room after the ascension of Christ. You remember the Lord told his disciples, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you'll be witnesses unto me. And then he was taken up from this earth into heaven, and they saw him as he was taken away. But in Acts chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, they did what he told them to do, wait for the promise of the coming relative to the Holy Spirit. And when they were come in, they went up into the upper room where abode Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simus Zelotes, and Judas the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women, and Mary the mother of Jesus with his brethren. Have you ever thought about this? His mother was a charter member of the first church he ever started. Yes. Now, with that having been said, let's observe this honored woman on this particular day. First of all, Mary was sovereignly chosen by God. Sovereignly chosen by God. In Luke chapter number 1, verses 26 and 27. It is our text, as I said, to begin with. In the sixth month, the angel of Gabriel was sent from God under the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin. Espoused or engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary. Please understand, she was not asked to do this. She was told to do this. Mary was sovereignly chosen by God. The angel Gabriel was sent by God to select this particular virgin. There were many other virgins in the land, but God wanted this particular virgin. Gabriel passed over Judea to go into Galilee. And then in Galilee, he began to look for a specific city called Nazareth. And when he got into Nazareth, he looked for a specific house where Mary lived. And when he got to that house, he addressed her personally. Hey, her free will was ignored. He didn't say, now this is what the Lord wants. You pray about it. Let me know how you feel. We'll get back with you in a few days and see how we work. Lady, I've come to tell you, you're going to have a baby. She said, that's impossible. I'm a virgin. God said, you're going to have a baby. And whenever the Lord speaks, it happens. As God has said, Gabriel did not wait for Mary's permission. She didn't say, you know what? I need to think about this a little bit. Now, the purpose of this choice is number two. Why did God choose a virgin to give birth to the Lord Jesus Christ? Why did God do it? What would Mary's function be? Number one, to fulfill Scripture. To fulfill Scripture. 700 years before this ever happened that we're reading about now, a man by the name of Isaiah, inspired by God, contains this statement in Isaiah seven fourteen. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Immanuel. If you study the account in Matthew chapter 1, he had two names. Jesus, Emmanuel. Jesus being Savior. Emmanuel being God with us. And it was said several hundreds of years before he was ever born. But it happened exactly as God said. She did it to fulfill scripture. You know, there are some scriptures in the Bible, prophetically speaking... That have not yet been fulfilled. But don't you despair, my dear Christian friend. Everything that God promises, He will execute, and it'll be always at the right time, in the right place, with the right people. She would be the means or the channel through which Christ would be born. The incarnation of Christ necessitated a mother. The incarnation of Christ. If Christ is going to be a human being, it necessitates a mother. There's a passage in Philippians chapter 2 verse 7 that says this. But speaking of the Messiah, he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men he was to be made in the likeness of men how does god make men well we got a generation today that can't figure that one out <clears throat> they don't know whether they're men they don't know whether they're women I have a name for him, but I won't mention it in the pulpit again. I've mentioned it so many times. Our people is one of my favorite words in the English vocabulary. He was to be made in the likeness of men, only through the womb of woman. Adam and Eve are the only exceptions. Adam and Eve were created by God. God created Adam from the dust of the earth and he created Eve from the dust of Adam. The rib of Adam if you please. Physical life demands physical birth and birth demands motherhood. This would be brought about by two things. Number one is a supernatural conception Now, there are two or three other possibilities in our day and time that we say people can be born. Number one, we talk about artificial insemination. They didn't even practice that back then. Jesus Christ was not a product of artificial insemination. Jesus Christ was not a product of biological reproduction. Jesus Christ was the... Result of a supernatural conception. In verse number 35 it says this. And the angel answered and said unto her. She had raised the question. Mary in verse 34 said to the angel. How shall this be seeing I know not a man. How can I have a baby if I've never known a man. In other words how can a virgin have a baby. By supernatural conception. The angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. That word overshadow comes from a Greek word that means to envelop in a haze of brilliancy. To envelop in a haze of brilliancy. The Holy Spirit of God came upon Mary in a haze of brilliancy. She was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. Therefore also that holy thing, that seed which shall be born of thee, shall be called the Son of God. It necessitated a supernatural conception. It also necessitated a natural birth. Jesus Christ was a full-term baby. Nine months, as God had ordained it to be. Now let's proceed again. The purpose was never, that is the choosing and selection of Mary to be the mother of the Messiah was never the channel or means that it should be worshiped. Mary was never chosen by a God to be worshipped. And neither were you. And neither was me. We were chosen by God to be worshipers of God Himself, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now you know human history, and you find a good example of this in Second Kings. Chapter 18, verses 1 through 4. 2 Kings, chapter 18, verses 1 through 4. Worshipping the means is what I'm talking about. Now it came to pass in the third year of Hoshea, the son of Elah, the son of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. Twenty and five years old was he when he began to reign, and he reigned twenty and nine years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Abby. That's a sweet name, isn't it? The daughter of Zechariah. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that David, his father, did. And the scripture itemizes one particular thing he did that's noteworthy. Verse 4, he removed the high places and broke the images. The people were guilty of idolatry and he tore their idols up and tore the high places and the images and broke them down. And break in pieces, watch this, he broke in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses had made. For unto those days the children of Israel did burn incense to it and he called it Nabostan," and Nabostan means a piece of brass." Now, what were they guilty of? Well, you remember that the people were dying from snake bite, and the Lord said, "Make a serpent and put it on of brass, put it on a pole, and it'll come to pass that when anybody looks upon that serpent, they 'll be free from snake bite. they'll be cured from snake bite." And the people, some of them laughed at it, and they died from snakebite. But there were some who said, well, he said to look at the serpent, and we're going to do it. And they did, and they were saved from snakebite. And a few wise ones, they must have been seminary graduates, they said about the best thing I know, we better keep this thing, because any time we get into trouble, let's just jack that that brazen serpent up and we just look at it it'll take care of all of our problems and Hezekiah broke it into pieces and called it a piece of junk it has been done the same with the virgin Mary and it's called Maryolatry Now, I'm getting you ready for something, and I'm going to give you a moment to get to it. But the same thing is being done with the cross today. And I do not speak disrespectfully of the cross, but I'm speaking factually of the cross. I've noticed that a boxer will cross himself before a fight, he's sitting in his corner. And just as the bell is about to ring, where he encounters his enemy, enemy, before he does that, he'll... got to make the sign of the cross. I've noticed some football players, they forget all about the football, and they get crossing the football, the goal line, first thing they do, it's like they got a giant rabbit foot oh I know some stuff you don't know now you watch this Mary was never designed for that ladies and gentlemen you know what the cross is apart from Jesus Christ just a piece of wood don't ever forget there were three crosses on that hill which one are you talking about You said the old rugged cross. There were three old rugged crosses on that hill, but only one Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it's been done also, as it's been done with the cross and with the brazen serpent, it's been done with the Virgin Mary, and it's called Mariolatry. That's a good word for it. It is worshiping the mother of Jesus Christ. There are several faculties that are called into play on this. One is called the Immaculate Conception. By the way, if you have not read Charlie Justice's book uh, on Roman Catholicism, you need to do that. Wrote a tremendous book on Catholicism and what Catholics believe and what Catholics teach. And it's a factual book. The Immaculate Conception. This means that Mary was conceived and born free from original sin. Defined by Pope Pius IX in 1854. All the rest of us were born in sin except Mary. She, didn't, she was able to escape it because she was selected by God. Then the matter of the Assumption. This was decreed by the Pope as recent as November the first, nineteen fifty. It states that Mary did not die, but was bodily taken to heaven. The Pope said this did not come from God's revelation; he based it upon the opinion of the bishops. Well, la di da. Who are the bishops? They're sinners going to hell apart from the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you did not like me just a little bit, you're probably going to like me less after this sermon. <laughs> you have the Madonna and the child referring to the Italian paintings that have been done. A selection of paintings dealing with Mary and the Christ child. One of these paintings show Mary in glory with her attendants and they got a halo over her head. God never intended for Mary to be worshiped. They have given her titles in addition to the proper name of Mary. She is called our intercessor. The Mother of God, the beautiful sapphire, the divine woman, the daughter of her own son, the Lady of Miracles, the Sacred One, equal with God. And then, Ave Maria. That's one of my favorite songs. You need to change your selection. Ave Maria, these are the first words of a Roman Catholic prayer. It means Hail Mary. It is designed to get Mary to pray to her son for sinners. They feel like that mama can get to him better than anybody else. Kind of makes you want to take a bath, doesn't it? By the way, you're in a Baptist church today. In this rosary used to perform this ritual, there are 50 small beads representing Hail Mary 50 times. And there are five large beads that equally divide the small beads. Now let's hurry. The basis for this choice, why did God do it this way? To call on a virgin to be the means of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Luke 1, verse 28, and also verse number 30. Luke 1, 28, and verse number 30. The angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored. Now if you'll notice in my Bible, and it should be in yours too if you got the right kind, it's italicized where it says, Thou that art highly favored. Actually the Greek there is, the angel said, Hail highly favored. But it was added by the translators to give meaning to it. But sometimes you take those parentheses sometimes and say, well, that means the word of God, not necessarily so. Blessed art thou among women. But if you go down to verse number 30, there are none of those added words. The angel said unto her, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. That little word translated favor is the Greek word, C-H-A-R-I-S, charis. From which we get the translation grace. In the book of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, for by grace are you saved. For by charis are you saved. It means the grace of God. Mary found grace in the eyes of the Lord just like Noah found grace. In the eyes of the Lord, God wanted Noah to build. He wanted Mary to give birth. And it happened as God said. Favored. When I studied that, I asked the question when was this favor placed on Mary? When was this favor placed on Mary? According to Ephesians chapter 1 verse number 4 Before the foundation of the world According as he hath chosen us in him Before the foundation of the world He does not choose us when we come down the aisle And take the preacher by the hand And fill out a membership card No, he chose his people before the foundation of the world According to the word of God It's verified by the fact that all are born sinners. You do not know anyone today who was not born a sinner. We're all born sinners by practice, by choice. We're that way. That is a part of our birth. Romans chapter 5, verse number 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin... So death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Mary is no exception. Apart from God's grace, she would have gone to hell. Apart from God's grace, she would have gone to hell. She was accepted no more for her virginity than Rahab was saved for her prostitution. Are you still with me? Okay. This means of God using this virgin to channel the birth of the Son of God, it's verified by the munificate. I presume I am pronouncing that correctly. It's verified by the magnificent of Mary. Mary was so overwhelmed by the grace of God, she couldn't keep her mouth closed. She just had to bubble it forth. The praises of the Lord. Look at Luke 1, verses 46 through 48. Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. Verse 46 She said, I'm going to magnify him as the Lord. She believed in the Lordship of Christ. She called him her savior in verse 47, in God my savior, and she recognized her inability to have ever saved herself, her lowest state of his handmaiden, for behold from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. And finally, you have the statement of Elizabeth. Elizabeth was the mother of John the Baptist. And Mary went over to talk to Elizabeth about how wonderful and glorious this was that she's going to have the Messiah child. And, of course, John the Baptist was the the offspring of Elizabeth. But I want you to notice about Elizabeth. Look at verses 40 through 45 of that first chapter. Mary went over and entered the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. You say, what does that mean? It means the babe leaped in her womb. That's what that means there. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed, speaking to Mary, Elizabeth speaking to Mary, She spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? The mother of my Lord. Elizabeth believed that Mary had given birth to the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salvation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And most specifically, verse 45 Blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. She had faith to believe that God would do what the angel Gabriel said that would happen. To her. You know, Mary was a believer. There came a time in her life when she realized that she could never be saved by anything she did but only trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. She was a believer. If the Virgin Mary needed salvation, where does that put me? If the Virgin Mary needed salvation, Where does it put the Hollywood movie star actors and actresses? If the most highly favored person in the world needed regeneration, where does that place you? Where does it place me? I would like to conclude by sharing one other verse with you, and it's important that you turn to it. You're in the Gospel of Luke, go over to chapter number 11. Chapter number 11. Verses 27 and 28. And it came to pass, and this happened during the ministry of Christ. It came to pass, as he spake these things, a certain woman of the company lifted up her voice and said unto him... Now this is a woman speaking to Christ, okay? Okay? Blessed is the womb that bear thee, speaking of Mary, and the paps which thou hast sucked, speaking as a baby, receiving nourishment from the Virgin Mary. But Christ said something very important. He said, yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God. And keep it. One who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. Holds a greater position than even Mary. Being the mother of Jesus. Did you see that? It's what your Bible says. When Christ died Mary identified with what he did on the cross. When the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. She identified herself. With the New Testament church. What an example of Christian motherhood. To love the Lord, to believe in the Lord, to trust in the Lord, and to believe in the church which He has established as His meeting place for His saints. That's Mother's Day for Mary, the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's stand, please, for prayer. Dear Father,